What's going on, Giants fans? Back at it with our Week 8 edition of Big Blue Avenue. My name is Tom Scavetta, joined alongside Sam Cardona. It's going to be an awesome, action-packed show tonight. Sam, welcome. How are you doing? We get to celebrate our second win of the season. Yes, I'm so excited. We don't we haven't really had a chance to celebrate a lot of wins this year. Um, but yeah, I am excited. A division win is a division win, no matter how it happens. Um, but I'm excited for today's show. I'm excited to hear about your experience at this game because you were there. It's gonna be fun. That's right. I'm very excited to talk about it. Um, regardless of how bad the Giants are, Washington always seems to be the get right game. Uh, every single year that we play them. So Giants historically own Washington 14 to seven win before we dive too far into this folks, quick friendly neighborhood reminder to please check us out. If you haven't already Instagram, Twitter, big blue Avenue, you can check out Sam and myself there providing weekly content for you. Um, You can check our latest predictions on the commanders game and we'll have, we'll break the show up into our recap segment and our preview for the jets later this week um yeah i'll tell you sam my experience was very fun um i went with my brother deanna and my brother's friend george from upstate and nice experience ought b was tough to find i'll tell you that much metlife is huge uh very difficult to find that parking lot but we got there a lot of walking uh <laughs> Great seats, and overall, I'll say this: Giants fans showed up that game. The fans did their job. Two and five stadium was packed, full capacity, almost. It was awesome experience, and the legacy games. The uniforms were incredible, incredible. Perfect. It looks so good. I saw a tweet talking about how um, they should change whatever it is they had planned for Christmas Day: Eagles Giants. It should be Eagles in their Kelly greens and Giants in their Giants helmets with the all whites um, or those blues. The blues are nice, too. But I was like, somebody better figure that out because a Christmas Day game like that would be real nice. But, yeah, I loved the legacy stuff. It looked really good. Yeah. Um, those uniforms are awesome. Plus, the new logo at midfield, the, the Giants helmet at midfield. Much just change it. Much just better. change it back to it. I mean, it's my favorite. I even have it on here. It's my favorite. I, I don't like the NY as much. I really like the Giants logo a lot better. Plus, they do play in New Jersey. Cringe. <laughs> right, right. <sighs> Hate to say it, but it is it is true. true. Um, but yes, yeah, Sam, I want to just get your overall reaction. Um, on this game because you had a much different experience with it than I did. You probably caught a lot more than I did being there um, as compared to on TV. But from what I saw, it was typical in-person Giants performance. They always play well when I'm there. They usually win. So typical defensive game, run the ball down your throat. Quarterback makes plays when he needs to take shots down the field but what was your experience watching this game what what did you take away from it well obviously big deal in the first half um not only did we score one touchdown in the first half we scored two touchdowns in the first half 
Was that the only touchdowns we scored? Yes. But big deal, we have not scored in the first half all year. Um, so the fact that we got two touchdowns up and we went into the half 14 to zero, I was like, who is this team? Like, I was really surprised. I, you know, I know we both chose the Giants to win last week when Marty was on, but I also kind of went into this game thinking this is a real toss up. A lot of NFC East divisional games are toss ups. So, you know, I was really like, uh, I don't know. It could go south really fast. And honestly, we almost did mess it up at the end of that game. It was bizarre. The the timing with the knees and all that kind of stuff. Um, but we did it. We kept, the, you know, the defense made sure that the Washington commanders were not putting points up on the board, which was obviously a big, big aspect, especially in the second half. So, um, yeah, I was really proud of the way they were playing. You know, there was, there was a lot of, you know, guys really on the field showing up and showing out. Um, if we can get some more touchdowns, that would be great. But, you know, like I said, a win is a win and I will take it divisional win. And let's start off by talking about the sacks in this game, a stat that was very tough to come by the first six weeks of the season. Big Blue sacked Sam Howell six times. We know Sam Howell was the most sacked quarterback in the NFL entering week seven, and he leaves week seven as the most sacked quarterback in the NFL. Um, It was weird seeing Nick Gates in a commander's jersey. Right. Um, also, Cody Bart- Barton got hurt, which put David Mayo into the game, another <laughs> former Giant who led yep. the commanders in tackles in this game. So it was very weird to see. Let's say back to Nick Gates, Dexter Lawrence crushed him. Uh, he just flat out dominated Nick Gates. Um, you can tell Gates was getting frustrated. Uh, Lawrence generated a team high eight pressures, folks. Most pressures he's generated in almost a year. And he was double teamed at his lowest rate this week. The commanders had a lot of confidence. Nick Gates going up against his former teammate. And part of the reason why the Giants sacked Sam Howell six times is because of that matchup. Sam Dexter Lawrence had two of those sacks and four QB hits. He continues to be the MVP of that defensive line and this defense too, as a whole. Oh, yeah. No, I was, I mean, to be fair, you know, it was, you know, we complain about our offensive line. Uh, the Washington Commanders need to work on their offensive line for sure. Uh, poor Sam Howell constantly eating the dirt. But, um, no, I was super, super happy. Like I said, you know, we were able to put two touchdowns up in the first half. But after that, we were not scoring in the second half. So the fact that the defense was able to hold this team to one touchdown for us to win that game, it was a huge asset. So I'm, I was really happy with the way that they were playing, um, you know, our player of the week. I feel like every week, except for like Daniel Jones, you know, we, we constantly have defensive guys as our players of the week this week. So uh, big shout out to those guys, you know, turnovers, so on and so forth. It was, it was great. And, you know, it got a little messy here and there, but it, it's going to happen. Um, but it kind of seems like, I think I've said it last week, you know, when we are at our lowest for some reason, we really know how to pick up ourselves from the dirt and and play hard and win games, which is, you know, you wish they would play like that all the time. But, you know, I'll take it. Yeah. And to add some flavor and context to this Sam Howell st- statistic here, the Giants blitzed on 57 percent of 
drop back. So it's the second hot blitz rate of the season. They weren't blitzing much the last two weeks, and they had a lot of success. But Tua and Josh Allen, much different from playing a Sam Howell. All due respect to uh, Sam there down in D.C. But sure. um, Washington was just one for 15 on third down. Kayvon Thibodeau, one and a half sacks. He was really good. Uh, Leonard Williams had a sack as well, two QB hits in the blocked football, and Howell just had a 60.5 rating. Sam, this is a team that led majority of the game against the Eagles, only lost to them by three points. They got destroyed by Buffalo, but they give teams that are better than them a fight. When always they run into the Giants, Sam Howell, and the Commanders, they struggle as a football team. And I think part of the th- reason, too, is the blitzing from the second level with Micah McFadden. I think we need to talk about yeah. him a little bit. A player who has really emerged in year number two. I'm not calling him a pro bowler yet. I'm not calling him an all-pro yet, but he is on the way. If he continues to play like this, he could possibly be the next um, – Name a good linebacker in the NFL. I'm trying to blind tonight for some reason. <laughs> um, a good linebacker in the NFL. Matt Milano. Yeah. Um, CJ Mosley, guys sure. like that. Um, sure. Roquan Smith. Mm-hmm. Guys like that that just go, <laughs> go off every single week. I mean, playing next to Bobby O definitely helps, but yeah. first rated PFF, top of the book. In linebacker ratings for week seven. Yeah. No, we're I'm we've been constantly talking. Every time we've talked about Bobby O, we've been talking about Mike McFadden. And yes, we've given Bobby O the player of the week for the past two weeks, but like McFadden's been on his heels every single week. And this is like what we've been looking for, right? Like it's been constantly this linebacker veteran and this linebacker leader that then has like another amazing player to you know work out these plays with and and to put it out on the field with and that's Bobby O and Mike McFadden they've been doing an amazing job and like I said you know we will we'll we'll live by the defenses win championships kind of mentality here that if we don't have a good defense it's not like we lose those games you know they're the ones that are holding out these teams because we can't score as many points as we'd like. So the defense is keeping those points down is, is such a huge deal. And I, I'm, I'm happy with what I'm seeing for sure. Yeah. It, it's all good stuff too. I, I think with McFadden had half a sack in this game, two QB hits, he just blitzes up the a gap wonderfully. That's his biggest strength as a linebacker, in my opinion. Um, he's good against the run, but I mean, Bobby O has really helped him with his blitzing. Both of them had phenomenal games. And Bobby O is not old either. He's a young player, too. He's just, he's experienced. You know, fifth year in the league for Bobby, second for Micah. Those two could be forces for a very long time uh, in Big Blue. So, very excited with that. And Sam, another guy I'm very excited about is Deontay Banks, the lockdown rookie corner. There was no Adoree Jackson on Sunday. He was out. So Deontay Banks is guarding Scary Terry. Uh, talk to me about what you saw from Deontay Banks, because what I saw was magician-like coverage skills defensively. Every time 
they threw the ball at him. It was an ooh, ah from the audience. Mm-hmm. He's been, you know, the the past few weeks has kind of been up and down, you know, like sometimes his coverages are a little eh, sometimes he has been like here and there, but recently and especially having to step up to the plate with a Dory being out, I mean, the kid's been doing great. Putting him on the best receiver on the Washington Commanders is is a big deal. And he stepped up to the plate. He got his first interception of his career um, and just really did what he had to do. And that's what I've been wanting to see kind of like from our wide receivers, like the guys that we're drafting high up. It's like, I want to see what they're like that same thing. And, and we are starting to see it with Hyatt and, and Wandale and stuff like that. But Deontay Banks is is really doing an amazing job. I'm happy to see the fact that with a Dory out, with with a veteran guy who I'm sure he was learning from, to step up to the plate and make sure that you know he becomes this lockdown corner. Because I was a little concerned for a little bit because I was watching some of these clips on Twitter and things like that, and like it was like ma- making rookie mistakes because you know he's a rookie. But I I'm really impressed with what I've been seeing so far. And that doesn't surprise me at all. There was a lot of times that I was going ooh and ah on my couch, uh, sitting at home watching Deontay Banks play. Really, really good. Um, first career pick. Quarterbacks complete under 50% of the time they target him on passes, and he gives up just four and a half yards per target. So even when he does give up reception, immediate tackle. That's what it is. You know, catch, tackle, catch, tackle. That's him. That's who he is. That's. That's your press man corner. And you mentioned Jalen Hyatt. That's another guy I want to talk about. Um, averages 22 yards per catch, has just nine catches on the year, Sam, but four catches of 30 or more yards. He had two for 75 on Sunday. He is so exciting. I hope he's wide receiver one. I really do. As much as I like Darius Slayton, Hyatt is the most talent out of all our receivers. And I just really hope that he emerges as wide receiver one because he's a fun dude to watch there on the football field. He can burn people and he's not as bad of a route runner as people frame him to be, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want them to target him a little bit more. I understand, you mm-hmm. know, Slayton's still there and, and he is a rookie, but like, like you said, he gets that, you know, he gets the ball in his hands and we cover a lot of ground. You know, we're making we're making waves with Jalen Hyatt, even if it is only a couple times per game. So to target him a lot more, I feel like would be very exciting for us. I feel like it'd be a game changer for us. Um, but I really like Jalen Hyatt and I'm really happy that something's actually panning out for us, you know, because we've constantly been going through wide receivers and tight ends and running backs and like people who are like, we're trying to find that star in our offense. And we've really been struggling with that. So to see this type of potential from Jalen Hyatt from his first year, and even in these couple nine catches if we were going to you know we're going to work off of not even double digit catches yet but I'd really love to see more of him and I feel like the the dynamic on the team with him is really starting to escalate and he's starting to find his place a little bit more and you know he is the guy that's going to burn out a corner he is the guy that's going to go up the middle um and you know take those hits so I'm I'm really excited and I really want to see more of it 
And for people who are concerned about Hyatt, just to add some context, rookie receivers, it's not as night and day as people think, right? Jackson Smith and Jigba, who I believe was the first receiver taken in the draft. Yes. Finally broke out this past week for Seattle in week seven. He was pretty much silent the first six weeks of the season. He was nowhere to be found. Uh, Quentin Johnston, another first-round receiver for the Chargers, has yet to get over four fantasy points in a game this season. He has been non-existent. He's been stuck behind Keenan Allen and Josh Palmer in L.A. So I wouldn't really make a judgment on Hyatt just yet. I I think there's more positive than negative with him for sure, for sure. And I think part of the reason why they can get the ball to Jalen Hyatt, Sam, is not just from the play of Tyrod Taylor quarterback over the past week or so, but the offensive line, the offensive line, it's not, I'm not going to say it's good, but it's, it's getting pretty close to average right now. I mean, with the shuffling that's been going on with Pew, McKeithen, Bredesen at center out of his natural spot, Mark Lewinsky, who I'll pull this up for you. 97% pass block win rate over the last three weeks, ninth among qualifying guards in the NFL. Remember, two guards start on each team, ladies and gentlemen. Mark Lewinsky is, has gone from rock bottom to one of the best guards in football since uh, you know he came back off the bench in week two against Arizona. So, Sam, there's that. And then Tyree Phillips, who went to Philadelphia for a few weeks, was on their practice squad, looks like a completely new player starting at right tackle for the injured Evan Neal. How is that offensive line on Sunday? (laughs) It's so funny because we've been talking about how bad this line is. And yeah, they are getting to be average. And like, it's sad to say that that's the improvement, but an improvement is an improvement, you know? So I actually, when we were talking about Mark Lewinsky here, I did have this PFF tweet and he said, uh, Mark Lewinsky in his last two games has 79 pass blocking snaps, one pressure allowed, and zero sacks, which is like what I've been trying to say poor Daniel Jones needs is the time. And then we can see that crazy Daniel Jonesness that we've noticed in the past. Unfortunately, we've not been seeing that with his injury, and Tyrod's been in there, but I think that's why. You know, I know both of us are not on the quarterback controversy train that everybody has been talking about with Tyrod Taylor and Daniel Jones. It simply doesn't exist. We don't even need to get into it. Um, But, like, that's why. It's like this offensive line is giving Tyrod the time to make the plays that he's playing. They're not – you know, he's not allowing the defenses to sack Tyrod Taylor to then go forth and make these plays which is what we've been trying to say that this team needs all these times when Daniel Jones has been out on the field. So if this guy does, you know, if Daniel Jones does come back and starts playing well because they, he actually has the time to get the ball down the field, I feel like people are going to see that what we've been trying to say and how this team could have been as good as we said that they were in the beginning of the season. You know, we were talking about a 10 and seven record, a, you know, or a nine and eight record and, we don't have that, but we've also been struggling with this offensive line. So I'd like to think that that is that key that we've been talking about. Um, and not to mention, too, the Giants likely get a reinforcement back this week and Andrew Thomas at left tackle. 
So that's huge. And now you're left with a decision who starts at right tackle. Is it Justin Pugh? Is it Tyree Phillips? Do you bench Marcus McKeithen and put Pugh back in guard? There's several options, right? Because they'll leave Bredesen. I don't think JMS is coming back this week, unfortunately, with the, with the shoulder. Um, but I think Glow will stay starting as he should right now. And then if Neil comes back, he'll start. If Neil comes back, then I don't know. Either Pugh or Phillips definitely has to go to the bench. But I think McKeithen should go to the bench before Justin Pugh. That's just me because Pugh, straight off the couch, has looked better than most of these offensive linemen. And you want to talk about another guy who stepped up, it's him. You know, Look at Darren, look at Darren Waller this past week. We'll get into him now. Seven catches, 98 yards, first touchdown as a giant. Beautiful read by Tyrod, by, by the way. The back shoulder route in the end zone, that's how you're supposed to throw the ball in the end zone, guys. Tyrod Taylor really brought the heat. He played a phenomenal game. Um, what went through your head when Waller scored that touchdown? I was very, very excited for him. I was so stoked. Um, as everyone knows, big tight end girl over here. Love, love the tight ends. Yeah. Um, and Darren Waller coming to the Giants, you know, every year I'm always like, the tight ends are going to save us and this and that and blah, blah, blah. And then like Kyle Rudolph, that whole thing, you know, the man barely saw the red zone. I think he saw it once that season. Um, so the fact that Darren Waller has now familiarized himself with the red zone and is connected into the red zone is a huge deal. Um, I'm super, super excited about it. I want to see it more. You know, he almost did have it in that game against the Bills last week. Um, unfortunately, you know, we're, we're not going back in time, but unfortunately that didn't happen. Um, and I'm just, I, I was stoked. Like, out of all of the people to be scoring touchdowns for us in the first half, Darren Waller is 100% that guy. I want to see a touchdown from him in every game. And I even I did uh, toss it in the script here. You know, he scored his first touchdown of the year, um, and his wife is Kelsey Plum, who just won the NBA national championship with the Las Vegas Aces. So it's a big, big, uh, you know, week for the Waller Plum household this week. So super excited for Darren. And the Aces beat the Liberty, the New York basket, uh, the New York basketball team. So there you go. There you go. Double whammy for the Waller slash Plum family this week. So congrats to them. Um, Sam, a couple more just tidbits I want to mention before we get to Tyrod Taylor. Um, Barkley, he lost that fumble. Defense came up clutch, just I believe. His, his fifth fumble of his career and only the second one lost. I mean, that's how incredible he's been with securing the ball. Um, he had one touchdown reception. Uh, Shep lost the fumble on the punt return. That was the only touchdown the Giants surrendered the whole game. The defense forced a three and out. Shep fumbles the punt, and then Washington takes advantage of a short field in the third quarter. Brian Robinson touchdown. I don't know about you, but we can't really fault the defense for that. No, I mean, unfortunately, that's clearly on Shep for mishandling that punt. Yeah, I think so. Um, I know we'll go over the transactions and stuff, but I know we did bring somebody on for um, special teams, uh, kick returner. So um, that's going to hopefully be a game changer for us. But, yeah, you know, this at some points there's, you know, these times in football games where a mistake happens and there's really, you know, 
only so much you can do and like only so much that could, you know, fix the problem. Um, but yeah, you know, it's, it was unfortunate, but hopefully these, um, these guys coming in will be able to kind of fix those problems that we've been having with that. I agree. Um, we'll definitely talk about Gunnar Olszewski and, uh, Jashan Corbin in just a moment, but, um, Pinnock had a great game, beautiful stop on that fourth down play. The, the throw to Jahan Dotson blanketed him. McKinney got into it with Nick Gates. I thought McKinney had a solid game. You know, Gates got up in his face on that one play. Um, unfortunately, that was an illegal hit for X, by the way. Um, you can't do that, especially in the modern-day NFL. I want to give Nick McLeod a shout. He had a nice pass breakup in the game. I saw it. Crowd erupted when he made that play. Um, and then only four penalties, you know. And then the ending of that game, of course, you see Montez Sweat go down with an injury. I don't think it was a legit injury, in my opinion. Um, I never like to assume that, but the entire crowd said it was not a real injury. So, um, And then Washington was out of timeouts. So I don't know if Rivera told him to go down or if he was actually hurt, what happened. But the game ended because there's under 40 seconds left. They don't have any timeouts. Injured player, Washington gets the ball back if Sweat doesn't go down. So Giants got a little fortunate there. But Tyrod yeah. Taylor. <laughs> uh, comment from Kevin Mondello. Great win for the Giants against the Commanders. Do we start Taylor again next week versus the Jets? Uh, Sam, I will get to you here on this one. Answer this and then I'll give my quick synopsis as well. Yeah, um, so obviously if Daniel Jones is not healthy, then yes, we are starting Tyrod. But if um, he is healthy, Daniel Jones is going to be starting. Like, that's just kind of the matter of fact there. Um, Like we were mentioning before, there really is no quarterback controversy here. There's a lot of assets that Tyrod Taylor has that Daniel Jones was not having at the time that he was playing. Um, so therefore, you know, we're seeing, and, and, you know, Tyrod's a veteran. He's been around, he's done this for a very long time, but there are, I was just talking about this um, with Jordan, Arad Coupe, Miss Sporty Jordy, um, because there are certain players in the NFL that thrive as backup quarterbacks. And the second you put them in a starting position, they just don't play the same. And I think Nick Foles is a, is a big example of that, coming in, winning the Super Bowl, and then getting, going to the Jaguars and just completely looking terrible. So Tyrod Taylor is an excellent backup quarterback i'm so happy that he's our backup quarterback in certain circumstances like this when daniel jones does not play but if daniel jones is healthy daniel jones is playing and that's just kind of the matter of fact yeah um look i agree with everything you said tyrod taylor had a phenomenal game very happy with his performance i love the dude um he did get sacked four times and still threw for 280 yards, two touchdowns. Very impressive. He had some good reach. Keep in mind, he's a 14-year veteran. He's very familiar with Dable and his offense. And another thing, too, that I want to mention, there is no controversy because they went down and they only scored nine points against the Bills and then 14 points against the Commanders, not to mention they didn't score a touchdown against the Bills. And they didn't score any points in the second half against the commanders, one of the 
more below average secondaries in the NFL. Not Tyrod's fault that that happened, but there's nothing to drive home, home about as in a debate. I think a lot of people are getting this debate misconstrued here. If there's a debate, it's Daniel Jones against the field of quarterbacks in 2024. Right now, I don't know if Jones has done enough to stop the Giants from at least thinking about it, mainly because he can't always stay healthy. He can't always stay on the field, and he's not as likely to succeed behind a bum offensive line. Um, but behind a good offensive line, Daniel Jones is clearly the superior quarterback behind a well-protected offensive line. I trust him a lot more than Tyrod Taylor, um, and that's nothing against Tyrod Taylor. 34, 35-year-old quarterback on the final year of his two-year deal here, who even knows if he'll be a giant next year, you know? So we'll definitely see what happens there. And if Daniel Jones will come back, I'm a little worried about that neck injury, though, and I fully expect the Giants to roll with Tyrod Taylor if Jones is not ready for the Jets. Yep. But, Sam, now that that's out of the way, our New York Giants player of the week who do we got this week? We had a little, um, I wouldn't say debate, but a, a little more. Um, yeah, we went back and forth this week a little bit. We did a, a little bit. And um, we did end up going with the person that I wanted to go with. So we did pick Deontay Banks, which is very exciting. Um, obviously, and the photo that was chosen for this graphic is, in fact, his first interception of his career. Um Seven tackles, which is a career high in his very short career. Um, obviously, he had his first interception. And this past year, 48.3% of and 4.5 yards per target, 69.8% passer rating allowed, which is pretty darn good. Um, nominated for Defensive Rookie of the Week. He held Washington's Terry McLaurin to zero receiving yards in the first or zero. I'm sorry. Well, zero receptions at all in the first half. Very, very impressive. He made a key third down tackle prior to um, the New York Giants blocked field goal and obviously has stepped in for Dory Jackson when he was out with his injury that we were talking about earlier. And he really stepped up to the plate and we are just really, really happy. And um, our runner up was, Dexter Lawrence, but um, Deontay Banks gets it this week. Yeah, um, great choice. Um, I, I I do think, as far as things go, Deontay Banks is the cornerback one of the future. I, I do think they'll move on from Dory Jackson probably after this season, unless he comes back on a cheaper deal, which is not likely. I'm very happy with what Deontay Banks has produced in his rookie campaign. So, Giants have made some moves. I want to start off with this first one. Uh, Sam Gunnar Olcheski is now a Giant, former New England Patriot and Pittsburgh Steeler, uh, former All-Pro, uh, first-team All-Pro with the Patriots in 2020, 75 career punt returns with the Patriots. He averages 12 yards per return. The average this season in the NFL for a punt return is 9.8 yards. 26-year-old player, short guy at 5'10", played at a Division II college. And Sam, I think it's important they brought this guy in. I know he's had some fumbling issues in the past himself. That's why he was cut by the Steelers. But uh, Eric Gray is just not a punt return in the NFL. 
He's a running back. He's not a punt returner. Third muffed punt of the season, and he got hurt. What do they do? They put Shep back. He muffs a punt, loses it, and then Darius Slayton finishes the game as a punt returner. So I think this move was much needed. Not only this, they also brought back Deshaun Corbin off of the Panthers practice squad, who was with the Giants last season. But do you suspect either Olszewski or Corbin potentially getting involved with the special teams play this week? I think definitely Olszewski might get a crack at returning because he's a vet, but I want to hear what you think about this one. Yeah, I would agree. I would think that, um, you know, Obviously, we were we were drawing straws there, trying to figure out who was going to be in the backfield there catching the punts because, you know, when you got to go through this roster of guys just to have somebody, you know, return the punt, you want to have some. It, it's it just it seems like such a small thing, but it's a huge part of the game. Um, you know, it really sets up for that drive, and to have somebody who specializes on the special teams, obviously, um, for the kick returning. Um, Gunnar Olszewski obviously knows what he's doing. And, you know, to have somebody who's just a little bit more used to and uh, practiced in the past, obviously, a, a Patriots is pretty pretty decent to have somebody come from there. So I'd like to think that we have a pretty good, solid um punt returner here and i hope they bring him up from the practice squad and we just see him and like that's his job you know his job is to turn the punts and that's okay and the, the, like guys that do that there's some really amazing punt returners in the nfl and that's all they do so to have someone who specializes in it is a-okay with me yeah so i'm not super high on this but they had to do it they had to do it they were forced their hand to grab anybody with punt returning kick returning experience i like olszewski as a punt returner my thing is he has similar issues to what our returners have been having the difference is he's experienced he's very experienced and i mean his first name gunner i mean gunner gunner on special teams you have nick mcleod who is our primary gunner so now you have an actual guy named Gunner on special teams. So hopefully he does well. I'm rooting for him. I hope he fixes his issues and yep. he develops a home here. Maybe it's a change of scenery that Olszewski needs. Who knows? I'm thrilled Deshaun Corbin is back, Sam. I think this is more of a move because Gary Brightwell got hurt and then Eric Ray got transferred to short-term IR today along with Matt Pert. So they'll they'll both miss the next four weeks. Really sucks about Eric Ray and Pert as well, but Gray in particular, rookie, you want to see what you can get. You know, Matt Pert, we kind of know we're moving on from him after this season. So it's definitely disappointing to see Gray go on there. But they also went ahead and they got another running back. Joe Shane it is all over this waiver wire. He is all over it. He, when your team is two and five, he is making moves like the team is in position to make the playoffs. I know the Giants are only a game and a half back of the wild card, as crazy as that sounds right now, Sam, but Justin Hollins signed from the Packers, outside linebacker. Um, no, Jihad Board, clearly not a starting pass rusher in the NFL uh, without his ease in the lineup. And then Deion Jackson, a guy who played for the Colts and is familiar with Mike Rowe, our receivers coach. And you know what's funny, Sam? They claimed them off waivers from the Browns, who just played the Colts this past week. So there's rumors they the Browns literally just signed Deion Jackson to scout the Colts and help them beat the Colts. <laughs> I love that idea. I love that. 
has to play the same team again. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, it's, uh, I, I'm working with it to be only a game and a half behind. I, I hate the hope, but it's there just because of our division. Um, so I got to do what you got to do. And, and Joe Shane's doing yeah. it. I agree. Uh, Brian McArdle. What's up, Brian? Host of From the Stands College Football Show. Make sure to check Brian out at From the Stands US on YouTube. Devin Hester should come out of retirement. Young buck at 40 years old. One of the best punt returners of all time. Yeah. Well, kick and punt. He he was a, a dude of many talents. And shout out Andy Hopper. It's his birthday. Big Bears fan. Devin Hester did a lot of stuff for the Bears. Happy 2-8, Mr. Hopper. Appreciate Happy you. birthday, Andy. Awesome. Send him a text. Awesome stuff. Yep. Um, Andy, you're officially older than the average NFL player. Congratulations. It's all right. I'm 28 as well. So. <laughs> no, no shame. Um, I'm almost yeah, there. Look, I'm I, like I'm like eight I, months out. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to hear about it tomorrow night on From the Stands with him and Brian. But anyway, um, yeah, I – I guess that's it for the recap of Washington. I guess we should move on to the Jets because, I mean, this is – Sam, this is a game that the Giants have to win once again. I mean, you have to do your best to get anywhere close to that 500 mark. If we're going to make a push at this thing and try to get into that last wild card spot, they have to start winning these football games. I mean, you have Zach Wilson and Brian Hoyer, or I, I said Aiden O'Connell last week. He was Brian Hoyer. Um, totally forgot he was a Raider. Um, so you have possibly those two quarterbacks the next two weeks, both winnable games and sauce Gardner and the other jets starting corner is in concussion protocol. So this is a game that the giants could really capitalize and try to take advantage of. Um, I know a lot of people might write the giants off this week, but I really think there's a chance we could pull this one out as well. Yeah. And the thing is that, the Jets are weird because, like, sometimes, like, this could be a game that we could win, but it also could be a game that the Jets just completely obliterate us. And I am a little nervous about this defense. I'm, I'm not going to lie. This defense is very good. Um, there's a reason why they are my fantasy defense. Um, they put up, they put up the points, and they're coming off of a bye week. You know, no one has to travel. Obviously, we're going to be playing in the same stadium, um, but. Also, at the same time, Zach Wilson is not a very good quarterback. And I do think that our defense can do what we did with the commanders and hold their offense down and, you know, just try and push through the defense and put points up because the, the offense has the holes. So the defense needs to, to utilize that vulnerability. Um but overall, it's it could go either way. The Jets did beat the Eagles, and like that's a big deal. But also, I don't know. It's a very they're a very confusing team because they could be very very good, but also they're not as good as I think everyone thinks they are. If that makes sense. Yeah, it's the NFL, right? Any given Sunday, sure uh, is. They are coming off two wins against the Broncos and the Eagles, and now they're by week. They've had time to rest up, get a little healthy. Um, Jets are favored by three as of right now. 
Um, some people are surprised that it's not more. Um, I think it's just about right. I would uh, think so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and people forget the Giants lead the all-time series 8-6, to six, yes, but the Jets have won the last two regular season matchups. So the Giants are going to be very focused and very calculated, I think. They're going to be very hyped up to try to – win this football game. You know, they don't want to lose to the Jets three times in a row. They haven't beat them since the Victor Cruz game in 2011 in a regular season <laughs> game. Mr. 99-yard touchdown salsa dance. That's right. That's <laughs> Christmas right. Eve. Christmas Eve 12 years ago. That's yeah. crazy. It's been that long, Oh, my right? gosh. <laughs> That's insane. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, and another thing, too. I don't know who starts at quarterback this week, but if it is Daniel Jones and there's a certain cult of Giants fans that won't like to hear this, Daniel Jones against the Jets, 2019, threw for 308 yards and four touchdowns. He's fully capable of 300-yard games and multiple touchdown passes. Fully capable. Um, it's just a matter weird. of doing it. You know what's really weird, Sam? This, this might come off as like awkward, but when they took Pat Shermer away from Daniel Jones, it helped with his turnovers, but it hurt his overall game. And I feel like I he's agree. been trying to regain that ever since. I you agree. Know? That that first year was um <laughs> uh put a bet on that one, Noah. Put a bet on that one. I think you're gonna win good money. Um, but yeah, I, I think that we've been like, almost like chasing the magic that was the first year of Daniel Jones's career. And like, I mean, that first, I remember him going up against the Bucks that first game and he won. And I was like, Oh my God, we found him. This is the guy. And it's, it's not, it's not the same game. You're right. It's interesting, but nonetheless, it's possible. It's just a matter of getting it done. But maybe with this improving offensive line, if Daniel D- Jones does play, it's very possible he could have two, three, gosh, even four touchdowns. Who's to say? <laughs> Why not? He's due. He's he's certainly yeah. due. Um, yeah. I, with the Giants this week, you know, Pinnock is going to have a chip on his shoulder, former Jet. Um, you know, Jets are coming off a bye. They could come out a little slow. Maybe the Giants could take advantage of that. Um, but for me, Sam, it's you got to pressure Zach Wilson. I mean, that, that's my first key to the game. Um, I, I'm looking at an offensive line that has lost Dwayne Brown for the season. They've had to move Mackay Becton to left tackle, who some people have labeled as a boss. I don't think he's that bad. I just don't know if he's a left tackle. And then Max Mitchell, second-round pick last year out of Louisiana, starting at right tackle. And then you have the rookie Joe Pittman, uh, Joe Tipman, pardon, at right guard. So I think Dexter Lawrence is going to eat against, like, a Connor McGovern, a Joe Tipman. Leonard Williams, too, is a former Jet. I, I wrote revenge game for Pinnock, but not Leonard Williams. Shows you what type of fan that I am, right? <laughs> We've always thought of Leo as a giant, though. So to like, we kind yeah. of forget that that Jets year. So we do. 
Um, yeah, he was with them for a few, and then they Gettleman traded for him, and he's still here. But I will say the Jets average just 183 pass yards per game, and if Dexter Lawrence gets pressure, that opens up holes for the Giants to come in and get sacks. So I think that's a huge impact of this game, and it could force Zach Wilson some third and longs and some turnovers too. I think it starts with pressure, and it starts with stopping Brees Hall. You know, yeah. it starts with stopping Brees Hall. You know, Okereke and McFadden have to fill those gaps, help out Leo and Dex up front. Kayvon has to, you know, win his battles, which I think he will. I think this could be a good week for this defense once again. This could be five weeks in a row that the defense has showed up and balled out and get, gives us a chance to win the football game. Mm-hmm. And that's where the, the vulnerability, like I was talking about before, this offensive line is where like the weakest part of this offense so that's where we need to put the pressure points on and we can do it like you were saying like dexter lawrence can come in here and put zach wilson in the ground every other play like he can do it so that's going to be a big big part of the game um like you said stopping Brees. Brees hall is like he is their run game there is no other run game. Dalvin Cook only has 109 yards on the season, and their third, <laughs> their third best running player on their team is Zach Wilson with 98 yards. Like Brees Hall is the run game. So, like, if you stop him, like that's it. They don't have a run. Uh, you know, Zach Wilson can only scramble so much. So um, that's definitely going to be a huge thing. And just it's it's the best bet for us right now, especially with, you know, this slow improvement on offense, but it's not there yet. So just don't let the Jets put up points like the way we did with the commanders last week. Yeah, um, I agree. The, the, the Jets have a knack of just winning games ugly like we do. Yes. Defense controls. They don't score many points, but they win. Brian, risky pick. I like the am- ambition. Look, Brian, you know how I feel about Brees Hall. I always said that I think he's a better running back than Najee Harris. Oh, this was two. This was this was their last year. This was Harris's last year of college. This was Hall's junior year. So Hall's a year younger. This was back in 2020. This was the COVID season, my first year. On Brian's show, I said Brees Hall will be a better running back than Najee Harris. And right now, that's starting and to look come at that. to life a little bit. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> um, I agree. And I think another thing, too, obviously, protection is key. The Jets do have some forces up front. Quinnen Williams, John Franklin Myers, Quentin Jefferson, who leads them in sacks right now. Jermaine Johnson off the edge is a huge threat. I mean, you could argue, Sam, the Jets' defense up front could own our offensive line in the trenches as well, which is why I think it's pivotal that we get Andrew Thomas back this week, that we're not forced to play guys like Justin Pugh or Tyre Phillips at certain tackle spots on that line. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the Williams brothers, Quincy and Quinnen, in and of itself, like those two guys are are dominating on this Jets defense. So to have – them you know again this defense is is they're holding it down we are very similar teams 
That's the thing. We're very, very similar teams. I do think it's going to be a low-scoring game, very defensive. Um, but, yeah, I just protect whoever is under center. If it's Daniel Jones, if it's Tyrod Taylor, give them the time that you gave them last week. Like, it's possible. It's hard, but it's possible. So just give them that time, and I can see this being a very good game. Any specific keys you have as well? I know we mentioned a couple so far. Anything additional that you think the Giants need to do to come out on top? Um, I'll definitely bring up the stat that I found that the Jets are um, have only been successful 18 times out of the 72 times that they've gone for it, uh, or not gone for it, but have attempted on third down. So make it make it happen. Get them off the field. You know, like if they can't convert on third down, that's us getting back on the field. Um, you know, that's us retrieving a punt. That's us giving the opportunity to score again. So if that's, you know, the way that we need to do it, I'd say that that's a pretty big key. Um, yeah, they they got to get off the field on third down. I mean, Washington was one for 15 last week, so they did a really good job then. And I think Wink will have a good game plan dialed up. You know, former D.C. of the Ravens, he's gone against the Jets a little bit more often than the Giants have prior. So one matchup I'm looking at is Deontay Banks against Garrett Wilson. Matchup of the game right here, hands down. Hands down. I mean, Banks has been battle-tested week after week after week, and we've seen it from experience, Sam. Rookie corner struggle. I mean, ask Eli Apple. <laughs> ask He's DeAndre still struggling. Baker. Continuously struggling. Seven years later. <sighs> but Garrett Wilson scares me. He is good. Like, Wilson can get the ball in his hands. He can make people miss. He can turn – five-yard curl route catches into, like, 40-yard gains, catch and runs. So Garrett Wilson is probably a top-10 receiver in the league, probably on the back half of it right now. But he's up there. He's really, really good. And I think yeah. he's going to have a really good game, you know. Um, huge target. I mean, really, really disturbing on those slant routes as well. He's also an excellent route runner if Wilson has time. Yeah, 100%. He's a huge – Huge part of this offense, if not the majority of this offense. Um, and while we did just praise Deontay Banks for how well he was able to play against a wide receiver one, um, to be fair, I, I don't think it's a, a comparison to say Scary Terry and Garrett Wilson are on a similar playing field. I, I would argue Garrett Wilson is a better receiver. Um, but nonetheless... We've seen Deontay Banks shut these guys down. And while there might be, you know, not as many times, it can still happen. And Garrett, but the crazy thing about Garrett Wilson and Zach Wilson is that there have been many times on the sidelines, it seems like Garrett Wilson doesn't really like Zach that much. I think he's very upset that he, this is the situation that he's in. You know, he put all his all his eggs in the Aaron Rodgers basket and it was ripped away from him in 75 seconds. So I, I just think that even though Garrett Wilson doesn't even like the chemistry is not there. And the fact that they're able to do stuff like that on the field, that's a huge deal. 
So no matter what's going on on the sidelines, Garrett Wilson's going to make the plays, and it, like it's just it's bound to happen. So it's going to be a really good matchup to watch. However, I, I would agree. I think Garrett Wilson is probably one of the key players to watch in this game. Who else from the Jets on either side do you think the Giants must keep tabs on if they have any chance of pulling this one off? I know we kind of flirt around the idea of Brees Hall. Do you think that's legit? Do you think Brees Hall has a chance to really control this game? Because I do. Yeah, I'd say Brees and Garrett are the offense for this game. Um, Big, big playmakers in the air and on the ground. Um, And defensively, you know, shout out to Quincy Williams, who has – 47 solo tackle tackles this season and two tacks, uh, sorry, two sacks with a forced fumble. Like Quincy Williams is no joke. And that's also very scary um, going through that um, are slowly getting better offensive line. Um, but I would say those three guys from the jets are probably going to be some of the biggest factors in this game. Yeah, I'm with you. I do think um, Quinnen Williams is a guy that I'm looking at because mm-hmm. he could dominate. Ben Bredesen and Mark Lewinsky better be on their A game. I know we praised Mark in particular in a previous segment tonight, but him and Ben will have their hands full. Um, Pew, if he plays at left guard, whoever it might be, McKeithen, all those guys have their hands full. I mean, Quinnen Williams – the Jets' defense only gave up 14 points to the Eagles. To the Eagles, a team that runs the ball very effectively. I mean, the tush-push, which I think they trademarked to something else now. A brotherly shove. <laughs> brotherly shove. That's clever. Huh? Like like the city of brotherly love. Yeah. Brotherly shove. It's very clever. You got to get to them. Yeah, even though I don't like them, that that is a that is a good name for the play. Um, if it, I think it's silly that they might consider banning it. I mean, it's a play I, that they mastered. You can't take that away from them. I agree. As much as we don't like the Eagles, you can't ban the, t- the this play just because the Eagles are good at it. Yeah, yeah right. Um, yeah, Quinn Williams scares me. Um, you mentioned Quincy Williams. I think he's a really good linebacker next to C.J. Mosley. Those two are really awesome to watch. I think Williams is really good in um, isolation situations, Quincy, that is, in coverage. And then I'm looking at if we don't know if Sauce is going to play. He's still in concussion protocol, Um, along with the starter opposite him, DJ Reed. Will either of them play? You know, Sauce didn't play against the Eagles. Reed has missed the last two weeks. If both guys are out, you're looking at Bryce Hall, Brandon Eccles, Michael Carter the second. The Giants, I mean, this might be a Jalen Hyatt game. This could be a game where, hey, Tyrod Taylor, Daniel Jones, whoever, whoever it is, go out there and just chuck it. First play of the game, catch them off guard, play action deep, go right at them. So that could really set the tone. And I think Kafka has to, you know, chop up this film, take some notes, and design some plays for Hyatt to have success. I mean, he has success when they go to him. For sure. So, I'd love to see that. I would what, really, I would, I would love to see that a lot. And yeah, I, it's, it's important to note. I, it took me like a hot second to realize that Bryce Hall and Brees Hall 
are two different people. <laughs> like in the beginning of the season, I was like, wait a second, why do they have Brees Hall on the defense? Like I was confused. Different person. Um, but yeah, I mean, Sauce Gardner is a huge part of their defense. And the fact that they're doing well without him just goes to show that if he does play, we are in for it. So sorry he's in concussion protocol. Kind of hope he stays there for one more week. Um, I don't really want to see Sauce out on the field, but it would be it would be a game changer for them for sure. Yeah, I mean, I would love to beat the Jets with Sauce on on the field, but obviously our chances increase if he is not on the field. Uh, that's for sure. Sam, talk to me about the Giants, who, you know, three to three to four guys you think based off last week could really do something positive out there this week and play a factor. Um, well, I'm definitely going to mention Darren Waller again. I'd love to see him back in the red zone. I think that, you know, he's finally starting to feel out um, his role. He's finally starting to feel out what works for him. And especially if Tyrod is on the field again this weekend, you know, they, they are familiar with one another now and they've made these connections, you know, uh, in the bills game and in the game last week against the commanders. So I am thinking that Tyrod is going to be keeping a lookout for Darren. Um, I'll throw um, our offensive line in the mix here. I, I would love to see Mark Lewinsky continue to to do well. I, I'll give him that formal apology that I've said a few weeks ago that I was like, we'd be better if he wasn't on the team. I I'm, I was incorrect. You you really stepped up to the plate and, and have completely proved me wrong, which I'm very happy about. I'm happy to hear that Glowinski is doing well. Um, and I will, I'll just say whoever's under center, Daniel Jones, Tyrod Taylor, whoever it is, you know, we're going to be keeping an eye on them. Daniel Jones, if he's the one coming in, uh, making sure he doesn't get more hurt than he already is. Um, we need him to be a hundred percent. If he's on the field, we can't have him getting more of a neck injury than he already has. But Tyrod Taylor, you know, like you said, he's been doing well and I'm happy to see him on the field. He's won a game for us, which I'm very, very happy about, and he can get the job done. Yeah, I agree. I also think that Mark Lewinsky, Ben Bredesen, those two play a big factor in this game. And apologies, Brian, I misunderstood. He was replying to (laughs) Noah's comment about the risky pick on picking a New York team to win. Um, I just got some news from the Kay Adams show, and this is just from earlier today. You know, the weekly show Daniel Jones does didn't seem too confident that he would get cleared for contact yeah. yet. So it could look it could be another Tyron Taylor game again this week. If we're being real. I know his goal is to return against the Jets, but remember, his goal was to return against the commanders on Sunday and that didn't happen. Yeah. So the more I think about it, I'm starting to think this is another Tyrod game, which I'm okay with personally. Um, you know. His escapability is great. Makes plays down the field. You know, a 13, 14-year vet, a former AFC East starter for Buffalo. I'm all for it. Hey, he brought them to the playoffs for the first time in 17 years. You got to give the man credit. Yeah. Um, You want to know something crazy, Sam? This just popped up on my phone. There's a, a tweet that says, the 2013 NFL draft may officially be the worst draft of all time. Out of the 32 first-round picks of that draft, 
four of them are still in the league. This is really bad. Lane Johnson Wait. on the Eagles. Who was so, the first pick in that draft? Eric Fisher, Chiefs tackle, who retired. Oh. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, so Lane Johnson for the Eagles, DeAndre Hopkins to the Titans, and then Cordell Patterson for the Falcons. Mm-hmm. The fourth one was Justin Pugh to the Giants. <laughs> I love that. Justin Pugh making his 2013 resurgence. <laughs> and all the other 28 are out of the league. That's insane. That's crazy. Only because of, uh, like, retiring or injuries or... Injuries, retiring. A lot of them were... A lot of them were just busts. That's wild. It was just a bad year for... Who else is in that? Do you have the list of Barcadius Mingo, Jonathan Cooper. Yeah, Deion Jordan to the Dolphins. Starla Tule to the Bills. Oh, my god! This is a bad list. This is really bad. That's a bad yeah, I know we, we, to- we totally just went off script here, but I'm all for this right now. This is a bad list. I'm, I want to just – I need to visualize this in front of me right now. Yeah. Um, Luke Jokel is another one. Tackle for the Jaguars. Like, oh, who the hell is that? I don't even know some of these names. Yeah. Kenny Vaccaro. Um, I remember Kenny Vaccaro. Mm-hmm. Um, Justin Pugh. Obviously. Kyle Long. Got to give Kyle Long the credit there. Eddie Lacy. Mm-hmm. Um, Travis Kelsey mm-hmm. went in, in the third round. Oh, Ezekiel, wow. Ezekiel Ansah, Tavon Austin, D. Milner, Chance Warmack, DJ Fluker is a free agent, DJ Hayden, EJ Manuel, Jarvis Jones, Eric Reed, Tyler Eifert, retired, Xavier Rhodes, recently retired. Jorn Werner, Sylvester Williams, Alec Ogletree, Matt Elam, Giovanni Bernard, Manti Teo. This is, I was going to say this is the Manti Teo draft. Geno Smith. Robert Woods. Wait, Geno Smith and Travis Kelsey are from the same draft class? Yeah. That is bananas. Yeah. <laughs> I don't th- – I think if that was like a trivia question and somebody asked me that, I'd, th- I'd say that's a hundred percent false. <laughs> that's insane! Wow. Yep. yep. Uh, incredible. Just incredible the way things transpire. The not for long lead strikes again. Um, but back to the script and the show. I think my, who I'm watching this week is. Um, I just really think that Kayvon Thibodeau has to play a factor in this game. You know, I mean, five and a half sacks, five tackles for loss. I, you know, I had a couple drinks in me pregame Sunday at the Commanders game, and I kind of crapped on him a little bit. I don't know why. I said a lot of his sacks have come in coverage sacks, and I don't know if he'll get much today if he's matched up against Charles Leno and Charles Leno proceeds to get three penalties in the first half and Thibodeau just eats him alive. So I'll gladly say I was wrong about that one. And I'm happy to say that, Um, but he's my player to watch. I mean, I got his Jersey. He's the only Jersey I've purchased from the giants in the past three years. Um, 
I'm very high on him, and that's why I said that about him. I'm high on him. I'm going to be hard on him. I want him to succeed. Um, He's just an awesome dude, and I I really think he's going to succeed this week against the Jets. I think he has to pressure Zach Wilson, get to him. He should have had a pick six against the Commanders this past week as well. That would have put the game to night-night, Sam. If he picks that off and runs back in, (laughs) Giants are up two possessions, and – Night, night. That's so funny. Um, And then Bobby O. You know, I know we we love talk about defensive guys on this show because that's that's who's playing the best. You know, Um, yeah, infiltrate that offensive line like you mentioned. I think with Bobby O. Too, he's so good in pass coverage. You know, we haven't really mentioned tight ends as much. We didn't talk about Tyler Conklin or C.J. Uzama. I mean, those guys eat up the middle of the field, Conklin in particular. I think Bobby O will do just fine matched up against the Mike McFadden, Isaiah Simmons, whoever. I'd love to see more of Isaiah Simmons. That's a guy I want to see more of. And Cordell Flott in, in the slot. He's, he's come on real nicely. So all those guys I'm excited to see. But anybody else you think could realistically make a – obviously Andrew Thomas after missing six weeks – that's pretty um, much it for me. Yeah. No, I think I think that's really it. I guess the only – I mean, I think this is more of just like a personal thing, and it has nothing really to do with the Giants. But, like, mm-hmm. I kind of am a little sad that C.J. Uzuma died on the Jets. Like, he's there, and he plays, but he, after he left Cincinnati, he just kind of fell off the deep end, and we don't really see a lot from him like the way we did in Cincinnati. I think the injuries have really hurt him. I know he had a bad injury with the Bengals, but you're right. I think that year the Bengals made the Super Bowl. He was a big part of that. Yeah, he was huge. And then they got he got traded to the Jets. I thought he was going to be a huge like deal on the Jets. And some people don't even realize he's on the Jets. <laughs> like, I don't know. Just had to just had to throw that out there. But I think we yeah, hit everybody. They also yeah, and they also have Jeremy Rucker knocking on the door, Long Island native, tight end number three. So Uzama's time as a Jet could be numbered if, True. you know, Rucker develops the way they want him to. So, True. But um, Rob Salah, solid head coach. You know, he's done a good job coaching that defense up. They're legit. They've won some big games. Give him some credit. Give Joe Douglas some credit. But realistically speaking, we don't know who's on the injury report yet for – either team because it's we're doing the show on a Tuesday. So appreciate everyone's flexibility tonight, comment section, questions with us hanging out. But Sam, I I want to get to your game prediction here. I'm a little nervous to ask who who do you think comes out on top this this week? I mean, I know what my answer was definitely going to be twenty four hours ago, but it's <laughs> Since the Daniel Jones news, he might not play. I'm starting to second guess that a little. You know what? I'll 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 flow with the uh, with the win from last week, and I'll I'll go with uh, I'll go with the Giants this week because it is a bit of a toss up game. I do feel like it is a game that we could win. Um, the line is three, right? So I, I do believe it is going to come down to some sort of touchdown. Um, it's going to be a very defensive game. I'll say 14 to 10 Giants. Very, very low scoring. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, I know last week I predicted 13-10 Giants, and it was 14-7 final. So in that point area. What's up, Tracy? Thank you so much for the comment. Just in time for our predictions. Uh, For me, yeah, so the more I think about it, I think I'm going to go the other way with the Jets here. Not that I want to, of course, but I I just think that Brees Hall could really dominate, keep the offense off the field. Um, You know, backup quarterback, if if Tyrod is the starter, and this is nothing against Tyrod or anything, it's tough for a backup quarterback to look – great three weeks in a row i mean the last two weeks that's true the bills defense greg mentioned it two two weeks ago they ran that stupid single high formation that they like to run uh where where they offload the box and there's not enough defenders on the weak side and the giants took advantage of that um and then last week the commanders game they don't have a good secondary they don't marty was talking about that last week um i think the jets are a little better um, I really want to pick the Giants. Wishful thinking does has me has the Giants winning fourteen to thirteen. But the more I think about it, if Tyrod starts, if both corners are back for the Jets, um, I have the Jets winning this one. I'm going to go final score of uh, sixteen to fourteen. Jets. Okay, that is my prediction. So we 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 had to go half and half here. All right, folks. Yeah, I don't want to sit here and pick the Giants every single week. I mean, this is a tough game. Um, I'm confident that they're going to do well and potentially win, but there's a side of me that thinks maybe you shouldn't pick them, Tom. Could be reverse luck. Could be reverse fortune. Uh, That is my hope. Um, All right, Sam, any final thoughts before we sign off? Uh, no, I think I think we hit every player. We hit every key. Um, I'm excited for the Snoopy Bowl. It's a Giants Giants Jets game. We only get it once every four years. That's right, Giants Jets. Every four years, I'll be watching the game in Florida with both my parents, who are Jets fans. Nice. Um, <laughs> so that should be fun, and I'm really looking forward to this game just because i think if the giants win or we're right back in the mix at three and five look at the vikings last night on monday night football they beat arguably the best team in the nfc yep. beat them and they're back to three and four they're one game under skull you know, they're in second place now skull skull that's right <laughs> um yeah, but overall, if the Giants win, the NFC East is much better than the NFC North. I think right now for the Giants, it's more of a wild card that they're looking at. And if you beat the Jets and the Raiders, you're back at four and five. Might be a little on the optimistic side of things, but I'm all for it. I'm all for Why it. Why not? Why not? Uh, well, let's hope we're recapping another win this week. Sam, thank you so much for your time as always coming on and chopping wood. Here on the show, appreciate you. Appreciate all the fans for tuning in. If you want to catch us, make sure you check us out on all of our social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. We will definitely have our preview up late this week, probably sometime on on Friday. But on behalf of Sam Cardona, the girl who talks sports, I'm Tom Scavetta. Appreciate you all watching. Let's go Big Blue. And without further ado, let's go Big Blue.